2: Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast, the County Cricket Weekly. And we go to the dark side today. As a Yorkshireman, I'm going to the dark side. Ah, I actually have two Lancastrians on the screen in front of me. And uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Cricket Badger Podcast, Stephen Croft, Lancashire All-Rounder. How are you?
3: I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having
2: me on. Alongside Crofty on the uh, podcast
4: today, it's uh, Lancashire fan. Mark Hilton. Mark, how are you? Really good. I'm um, enjoying this weather. I know a lot of people are moaning, but I love it. So, um, enjoying the weather. Uh, really good to see Lanks do well in the Championship last week, Finished top of the group, and then those two back-to-back games in the T20 Blast. It's uh, been a great week for us. Good to see Crofty there, kind of getting his home on one leg on Saturday. Um, and it's great to see three Lancashire players coming through doing well for England in Livingston, Mahmood and Parkinson. So. All good with me, James.
2: Well, we'll talk about those three uh, English Lancastrians because they've all done well, haven't they, over the last few days with England. That Livingston 6 at Headingley is probably the biggest 6 I have ever seen, certainly at that ground. Anyway, we'll talk a bit about that as we go through. We're going to have Knackle Panday hopefully joining us as well. We're recording this one early, Mr Croft, aren't we? Because you've rearranged us and we're now 8 o'clock in the morning doing this podcast. I don't usually speak before 9 o'clock, so we've done very well to all be on the screens together. As uh, Mark was Suggesting there, it's been a good couple of weeks for Lancashire, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, obviously, mentioned uh, qualifying for the for the four day group, getting that Division One, which is a, a great achievement. Which what what we did to set out as well. Uh, obviously, taking some points off Yorkshire as well, which we we take half of them into to the next stage and uh, the T20s as well. We. That's a big goal to get into the quarterfinals. Sometimes it doesn't matter how you do; you just got to get into those quarters. And to be fair, we made it hard for ourselves. We we need, need to ideally win those last three in a row, uh, which we did. So yeah, we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a good spot cricket-wise, really. And yeah, we're missing a few few England players as well, which which is always great to see them progress and do well. But we've 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 survived without them as well, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, you were in- involved
2: in the controversy, if that's the right phrase, in the game against Yorkshire, weren't you? And the ball went out. I think it was Rooty picked the ball up. You ended up in a heap in the middle and Rooty decided to hold on to the ball rather than run you out. I know there was a lot of difference of opinion. I think Mark's got a different opinion to me on what would uh, what should have happened in that situation. But I think Rooty did exactly the right thing in that kind of situation. You basically do the sporting thing and let the guy recover and get back. Is that how you saw it? Or did you expect to be run out in that situation?
3: I didn't see much of it to be fair, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but looking back, yeah, uh, to be fair, if, if I was given out, I, I probably wouldn't have moaned to be fair, but I think that's, that's what differentiates cricket to quite a lot of other sports really. Uh, when we talk about the spirit of cricket and, but yeah, I, I, sort of stumbled in the middle of the field got got cramp and sort of knee lock in the middle of the middle of the pitch I I didn't know much about it to be fair and then when I sort of got to my feet uh decides it's going to be a dead ball and not to run me out and play in Yorkshire I I don't know don't know what I expected really to be fair I was just glad to get back on my feet and when they say it was a dead ball I thought it was a, a great show of sportsmanship uh from from Joe and the players really so I think like I said that's It does does separate our sport and I think we do sort of set some good standards in terms of the spirit of the game and and sort of language and the way we address uh, officials does set us apart from other sports.
2: Knuckles joined us now. We'll come to him for his 20 press-ups in just a few seconds time. But Mark, I know your your, um, opinions were different to mine on that uh, Crofty cramp situation. there you thought Rooty should have basically thrown down the stumps and the umpire should have decided.
4: Well I would have run Stephen out yeah. I mean I think you know the, the umpires are in control of the game I don't think players should be making those decisions in a kind of snap judgment. I mean for example they could have run Stephen out and the umpires could have then asked the Orchard to withdraw the appeal if they felt that he was incapacitated in some, in some respect. So I prefer to see the umpires controlling the game. You know, there's not much on it for Yorkshire. They'd already got a home side. It'd be interesting to see if they'd have done that in the semi-finals at Edgbaston. And I'd um, also be interested to, to hear what Andrew Gale said after the game, because I think there was three young players involved, Thompson, Duke, and somebody else. And, uh, you know, I think Gale might have been saying, you know, you play to the final whistle scenario. But for me, you let the umpires control the game. And there is a facility for the umpires asking Yorkshire to withdraw the appeal. So, yeah, I'd have run him out. And just let the umpires get on with
2: it. Michael, welcome. Glad you managed to get out of bed in the end. Um, how how are you today? Full of the joys, James, full of the joys. <laughs> and um what was your opinion on the, uh, the 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 croft cramp run out or not? Would you have thrown the stumps down if you'd been Joe Root? I, I broadly agree with Mark, to be honest, in that you the
0: umpires are there to make those those judgments. I I, I thought it was interesting that, that Stephen said that he that you wouldn't have had too many complaints if you'd been run out. I do also the thought had crossed my mind: Had Yorkshire needed to win that game to make to make the quarterfinals, would it have been would it have been different? I I don't think that put it this way. I don't think many people would have been complaining, or that this would have been such a big incident had Stephen been run out. I think it's become a bigger incident almost because he wasn't. It was a nice thing to see, and I completely you know I'm, I'm never going to criticise anyone for for wanting to do the sporting thing and and wanting to to give someone a fair shot. I'm a little bit baffled by the strength of feeling that's been that's been uh, around uh, about it. Um, I suppose that's what comes with the territory for a, for a roses game and a and a, and a crucial match. But I, I do think that in general, I, I do think that the umpires are there to do the to do the umpiring. I think the same thing with with walking. You know, it's not unsportsmanlike to to stand your ground
2: until the umpire gives you out or or not out. I was going to give you twenty press-ups for being late, but that's shirt. You've redeemed yourself. That, that is a, that's a terrific shirt. I'll take a picture of that. And we'll stick it on the, uh, on the Twitter feed.
1: My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. There's over 25,000 players and over £1 million already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000 and there's over 12,000 leagues created. Download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins in a different league.
2: Getting back to, uh, to Stephen and the, the three Englishmen that are currently doing Lancashire wonders um, for England in the white ball stuff. Start with um, Saki Mahmood. I've, I've rated him for a long time. I think he's a terrific talent and a terrific bowler. But just this season, he seems to have gone up a level and he looks at home now in that England shirt. I felt a couple of years ago, maybe when he made his debut, he was obviously a little bit nervous and was finding his way. But now he looks like he belongs at that level.
3: Yeah, and every credit to him, really. Yeah, he's he's almost grown into himself, really. And he was sort of as, as a young fast bowler, he, he's had a, a niggle here and there, uh, but he seems to have now gone from strength to strength in his body, and he's getting that consistent run. And, and to be fair, we never really, I felt that we never really saw the best in him, really. Cause he, he was usually away with the. He's been in, involved in himself for a while now, so he, he had, maybe a Lions tour or he he was away in a squad. But I feel the last sort of two years, we've had a good sort of run with him. uh, And I think that that's benefited him, to be fair, as well, working with the likes of Jimmy and Chappie week in, week out and getting that consistency, as I feel, put him in a great place. And we all know he can bowl with good pace. He's got great one-day skills and he can swing the ball as well, which we've seen in four-day cricket. So I think almost that little little good stint in county cricket has put him in, in, in good stead and great to see him confer that into, into the international game.
2: You, you mentioned there uh, Jimmy Anderson, Glenn Chappell as two mentors. You, you don't get much better than that on the county circuit, do you?
3: No, you don't, to be fair. And uh, Jimmy will speak to the bowlers a lot. Uh, he might not speak to the batters, but uh, but uh, he, he gives him he, g- he gives the young lads a lot as well. And we've also got Graham Onions as a bowling coach as well. So we've got three great, great People who, who probably covered all bases in, in all cricket, to be fair, and uh, he's definitely benefited from that as have other other seamers at our place as well. But as three men to to go out, you you've got a, a hell of a lot of knowledge there, to be fair.
2: Matt Parkinson, who again is somebody I rate quite highly, is a well initially is a white ball leggy, but he's made waves in the red ball as well um, in in the past couple of years. But he he was somebody that spent so much time in the bubble. With England, without actually playing, but now getting the opportunity, which is good to see.
3: Yeah, it's great to see uh, someone who's who's come through our academy as as, as SAC has as well. And and to be fair, obviously with, with the bubble stuff with him last year, I, I presumed it would have been really tough on him. We were all saying just give him a game or, or send him home. But as England have done in the, in in the past, we'll say probably not the the, the distant future. In more sort of distant past, uh, they, they generally push those leg spinners maybe too soon, where Parker still think he's done his time now. He, he, you, you look at his blast record and, and his length record, he's, he, he's comfortable in his own game. He knows what he's doing. And I think that's put him in good stead going into the international game. He, I don't think he's got fast track too 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 fastly. Uh, he's been involved in quite a lot of squads and I you know the winter wasn't ideal how it panned out, but I think looking at the positives, he, he wasn't rushed and now hopefully he can have a good run in that side.
2: He looks to be somebody that's actually taken the bubble life and actually made the most of it, and actually worked with the coaches and, and kind of got better as a result of that. If anything, finally Liam Livingston, who has obviously been a, a seriously talented batsman for some time now. Again, when he when he first made his uh, his debut for England, I, I felt he looked a little bit like rabbit in the headlights in those in those white games that he played. Was it two or three years ago now? It seems like a while ago he made his debut, but now he looks like the real deal. And as we mentioned there, that, that last game at Headingley, that six that went over the new stand, he can hit the ball a long way, can't he, that fella?
3: Yeah, massively. And The, the four-day game, we're actually talking about that. Can anyone actually clear that stand? And I reckon nearly all lads and I that can't be done. And as soon as that happened, we're on the group saying he's done it. But every credit to, to Livy is, he's, he's, like you said, he's... he's, he's, he's Grown since his, his debut for England, he, he's been around the world in, in Big Bash, the TSL. I think he went to the South African league as well, and, he, and he, he's had success there. Which is we've seen as well when he's come back to Langt. He's made him grow as, as a player and as a character as well. He's probably matured as a cricketer and, and, and as a as a player. Uh, and you see him now. I think we all all know his talent, what he can do in the Blast and even one day cricket and, and four day stuff. And great to see like the others him get an opportunity and, and take it as well which is a, a tough side to, to to get in initially let alone do well we look at our one our one day side and the last sort of month how how you've seen on won't say second string but the, the depth we've got is unbelievable and great to see him succeed in that as well yeah, I mean,
2: going into that England-Whiteville side now, you need to do a Livingston, don't you? You need to clear stands, you need to make your mark, otherwise you will just kind of fall by the wayside. Mark, from a, as a Lancashire fan perspective, seeing those three go into an England shirt and do as well as they've done, it's it's a nice thing, isn't it? As a county fan, you obviously want to see your players do well for your county, but it's nice to
4: see them take the step up and, and show what your county's offering as well. Yeah, of course it is, and it's a great testament to, to, those, to those three lads. I mean... Interesting what Stephen was saying about Saj, and he's you know he's had a bit of a run for his over the last couple of years. I think it's also in terms of that, it's also a testament to the club and the wickets we play on. You know, Saj has learned to bowl on good wickets at Old Trafford, where he's had to hone his skills. He's not been bowling on green tops or whatever. You know, he's had to really kind of develop as a player, same with Matt Parkinson, the type of wickets we play on there. So I think as a club, we do really well in the type of pitches we produce at Old Trafford, but our pathway systems, you know, we've got lots of very good players that come through from league cricket into the academy and make really good first class cricketers. Not just those three, but you know, the likes of Alex Davis who's unfortunately leaving us at the end of the season, but a top class player, you know, obviously Stephen came through that that particular system. You know, we've got Tom Bale, we've got loads of players who graduate. So the club does really well as a as a producer of really fine first class players, but a conveyor belt as well for England. So it's that's off to the club. It's that's off to those three players and it's great for a county fan to see those plays developing
1: you are listening to the cricket badger podcast
2: Knuckle. I mean, we're obviously talking about England and those three Lancastrians. They've done really well, and as I say, to to get into that England setup, to make your mark, you've got to play seriously well, haven't you? Otherwise, you will just become part of the this kind of wider squad rather than actually the eleven, because there are many very good Whitepool players that England have at their disposal at the moment. But those three Lancashire players have done that, haven't they? They've put themselves in the mix.
0: They've absolutely put themselves in the in the in the shop window, as it were. And I think would be it would be a genuine surprise if they weren't in the. All three of them in the in the World T Twenty. Squad. Matt Parkinson has made a very good case for England to play both him and other Rashid, which is extremely exciting. Someone worked out it's the first time since the 50s England have played two specialist leg spinners in the same in the same 11 in any format of cricket. Come on in uh, and tell us, who were those two? I cannot remember off the top of my head, <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 it's a rarity and they both bowled magnificently. They're both slightly different. I, I love watching them both. Saki Mahmoud, I think, always had the pace, but he's got this, uh, I love his little slingy action. I like the slightly sort of lower arm, the Wakao type type thing. He's, and he seems to be a very clever bowler, so in bowling at the death, uh in the in the first in the first T twenty where he was he recognised the right length to bowl on the two different pitches. Um, which is not easy for a very young man. And we that in the I've I've rarely seen a more thrilling spell than his in the Roses game in the in the championship game earlier this season. Uh and, and Liam Livingston who all around the world? He's done it in the IPL. He's done it in the PSL. He's done it in. Uh, he's done it in Australia. I find it. I was quite interested to listen hear what Paul Collingwood was saying. Uh, uh, what he was saying about the the work that they've done together, about how he's essentially stopped trying to hit the ball so hard. He's worked on just grooving a swing, Stephen. When you're, when you're, you practice your range hitting and, and you want to clear those, those boundaries, and Old Trafford is a, is a bigger ground than, than a lot of grounds in England. How hard is it to not just try and swing for the hills and try and, and try and swing so hard that you lose your shape?
3: Yeah. It's, as a, as a batter, that's, that's the battle, really. You think, right, I've, I've got this. Uh, and I think that, that fits with Livy so well I think we saw early in his career it was it was quite it was quite I' he, he could hit the ball a long way but uh, I think over that this last sort of 20 24 months 18 months it's it's almost gone to I wouldn't say proper cricket shots but like I said holding that shape and, and getting more a consistent sort of hit so sort of so similar to Joss really you never see Joss sort of sky in the air with his head looking sort of skywards he's always almost got that 70 80 percent swing and, and backs himself that if he does get a good connection it's going to go I think we all try and play golf a little bit and we know when you do try and hit that ball hard it generally doesn't go where you want it to and if you take a little bit off and just concentrate on that connection you do get sometimes the result where I think Liv is in that in that boat he, as we saw last week he can hit the ball absolutely miles and he, he he's almost like I say, he's taken a little bit off sort of worked on his swing and it, it's paying dividends now because we we see him make, make consistently big scores and, and and just if we if you get a 60, 70, 80 in a, in a T20 as well, it's probably accounts as a big score as well. But it's not just a little cameo where he might get one out of the screws. You, you look at his innings and probably he's probably hit more sixties than fours, to be fair, in T20 cricket. But he's he's such an exciting talent now. And I think he'll only get better and better at being involved in that in that setup now and and He's generally played most of his cricket, uh, his T20 cricket, uh, probably at the top or in, in the top four. And to see him come in and even do it at five is, is a great testament to, to what he's done in, in the last two years, the work he's put in. And he just feels like he's slotted into that tough side and and played their way and gone down their route, how they want to play their cricket. And he's almost just sung straight off that him sheet and fit right in.
2: In terms of um, their personalities, those three, and we'll move on from those three in just a second. Get back to Lancashire, but for Liam, as I said, he looked a little bit rabbit in the headlights when he first played for England. He looks more part of that setup now. So does Sack Mahmood. Matt Parkinson looks like he's got a lot of belief. Are they fairly self-assured kind of creatures, or are they? I mean, everybody's different, aren't they? And everybody needs a little bit of confidence behind them. How are they as personalities in that regard? Uh, yeah,
3: I think they're all they're all different. Uh, those three, but I think. From from my experience, they've all got inner belief. Uh, they all know what they're doing. Uh, Livy Livy might come across more outward sometimes, but yeah, he's he's got such belief. Whoever whoever he's coming up against, he'll always take the positive route. Uh, if there's an option there, he'll it, he'll take the positive one, which is I think what's what makes him the player he is. And almost like you said, when that, that international debut probably didn't have the. The experience behind him but still went for that that positive option and I think that's part of his DNA. Now he he's, he's playing well consistently has, has put him in a great place. Uh Parkey as well he's he's uh you speak to him but I think some people might you might come across as an outward person when when you see him get a wicket it's like he's he's won the lottery really. But uh I think that's how much it means to him really he's probably he's made it the hard way really he can't I wouldn't say he can't bat and field. He, he, he tries his he tries his, his his nuts off to be fair. And and in the field, he's yeah he's not got a rocket arm. He's, he doesn't throw himself around. Uh, I wouldn't say he doesn't throw. Himself. He, he, he does try so hard, and I think a testament, that's a testament to his character. He never gives in. And similar with Saki, really. I wouldn't say he's he's a loud person at all, but I think he, he's quietly confident and, and knows his own game. Uh, when he's throwing that ball. I remember when he was when he debuted actually in T Twenty cricket and say so you're out of your field and he, he set it fine. He, he knew his game, in, game inside out from from a youngster really, which was was nice to see. And I think that it's the best way to learn really. Liam
0: Linkston apparently worked out that this was something that he'd worked at in in lockdown um, or in isolation after the the Sri Lanka the Sri Lanka ping. So it, I think what has impressed me most about. All three of them is, as well as their raw ability, you know, Liam Livingstone has an incredible timer of the ball. Saki Mahmood is quick and can move the ball. Matt Parkinson spins the ball statistically, according to people like Crickviz, further than, than most other spinners around. But is the how quickly they, they adapt and how quickly they, they learn. Now, Parkinson's already bowling a couple of miles an hour quicker and just getting it a little bit flatter. Saki Mahmood, as he said, the TV commentators were talking about him setting his own fields. Uh, every stage of the innings which which is great to see and liam livingston working out even after having a little bit of success working out okay if i do this it's more likely to be successful and then seemingly in one net session working it out Uh, it's it's a great sign and liam livingston has cast serious doubt now on, on someone like Darwin Milan uh, in, in terms of their place in the starting 11. Like when Owen Morgan is comparing you to Josh Butler in a post-match press conference, you know you're doing
2: something right. David Milan is interesting, isn't he? Because he's averaging 50. He's the world number one in the ICC rankings, but he seems to be the one person that every time a new player does something or every time England fail or something like that he's the one in the spotlight because of the way he plays i guess in the early stage of his innings he goes a little bit slower doesn't he but then he, he he prospers off the back of that he always strikes me as a little bit bizarre that he's the the first one in the firing line Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Let's move on from those three Lancastrians then. Um, And uh, I I wanted to have a look a little bit at the 100. I know we're not supposed to mention that word. Of those words on this uh, podcast and um, because it's not my favorite uh, my favorite subject but it starts this week and um, this new competition and, and crofty I, I was looking at um you did um, for the cricketer you did a bit of a blog i think a few, a few years back when the hundred was first started out and when it was first announced i think you described it you thought it was might be a bit of a joke because it suddenly sort of sprung on everybody including the players almost as being this new this new competition in, in terms of how you see the, the cricketing landscape now how do you think this new competition sort of fits into it? And and are you confident it's going to be a success? Are there any worries there?
3: I think as a competition, it's probably, well, I wouldn't say it's got the best players in, the, it's in a, a few dropouts, but the, the better players are playing in a different comp, which I can't see it being a failure, to be honest. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, I think years ago, more of a franchise with with, uh, with T20 cricket. But I think we, well, I wasn't, I was just before me when, when, when T20 first came around, I think, I didn't think probably. Well, speaking to the people, that people thought it wasn't going to stay around and stick, and it's obviously gone from strength to strength. But uh, I think with with the players involved uh, and, and the, I presume the time and the effort that's gone into it, I think it it will be a success. Sort of, I'm not involved, and quite a few players aren't. I still think there's. It does feel a little bit separated from. From the county game, we obviously lose a few players, as do a few other counties, while we're playing uh, the one-day trophy. But uh, it it does feel a little bit separated, but I think it's it's one of those, we'll we'll have to see how it goes, to be fair.
2: Mark, your opinions on on the 100. I mean, if we try and sort of keep it fairly simple as a discussion, because it's quite complicated, we could talk about this for three hours if you wanted to, but in terms of like a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being incredibly worried about, the impact of the hundred, one being being um, you're not worried at all, it's going to be
4: marvellous. Where would you put yourself on that scale? i put myself at probably an eight. I am worried about the impact of the 100 generally. I mean, it, it may well be a success. I have no idea. We don't know yet. We haven't seen it play out, have we? But... Um you know, when Stephen started, for example, going back to that Lancashire side, then I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up betting it at half past five in the morning. But you know, we had Glenn Chapel. Is this usually your first thought in the morning? You just straight away. I only think about Glenn Chapel and Gary Keedy in the morning. <laughs> so we had Chappie, Keeds, and Malloy. Yeah. Now we played a little bit of international cricket, Malloy, but they're all top-class, multi-format players, first-class players, and predominantly first-class players. Great, great records in first-class cricket, great records in 2020 cricket and one-day cricket, all three of them. And it worries me, you know, looking at England's one-day side, we can pick two or three sides. It worries me we're losing that quality, that multi-format quality, those real top-quality players. I don't know where it's going. If I look in my crystal ball in 10 years, do I see a lot of top-quality red ball players? I'm not sure, I don't know. I see a lot of quality white ball players. With those top quality multi format players, Lloyd, Chapel, Kida, who were all great players when you started, Stephen, are disappearing. And that worries me a lot about what the impacts of the hundred could have long term on cricket and red ball cricket. Whether it'll be a success or not, who knows. But it does worry me about the disconnect, as Stephen said about from the county game.
3: It's, it's one of those that I don't know how it's gonna pan out, to be fair, but it was it was a while ago. So- England wanted to have a white ball portion, and, and to be fair, we, we won the World Cup and gone from strength to strength. Like we, we just spoke about the last sort of thirty minutes about the, the strength and depth we've got as as a as a country, really in the, in the sides we can put out. But yeah, I think has our red ball form dipped because of that. It, it might it may have done, but it's one of those we'll have, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'd, I hate to sort of to lose those those sort of traditional red ball players. Uh, we've seen the likes of Joss as well, He's still a Lanks player, by the way, who uh, uh, gets overlooked by that. But he, he sort of made that transition through white ball cricket, which I wouldn't say is a modern thing, but uh, still had success doing that. I don't think that fits for everyone. I, I think you still need to almost still at the white ball, do do your time, get your... Get your experience in the county game, but I presume if 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 that window is getting smaller and smaller in county cricket, it's tough to to get that experience in. Really, I suppose.
2: Knuckle going back to the points about the hundred and and how worried you are in terms of its impact on the domestic stroke national setup in England. So are you concerned, or are you, are you happy that this new competition is coming in?
0: I'm going to put myself as a five on that scale purely because there are so many questions that you just can't answer. Not even after the first season, probably after the second season or, or more of the, of the hundred, because there's just it is impossible to 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 truly assess the scale of it before it's before it's happened. I think there have been some. It's taken a while to get some some writing and some journalism on it that didn't fall squarely into either camp. But we've seen some good stuff recently. I'd, I'd urge all of all of the listeners to this to check out Ebony Renter Brent in the Guardian. Oh. Uh, who is um, positive about its potential impact, but is very much um, aware of the of the fallbacks, uh, and also makes a point that Stephen made, which I would firmly agree with, and I think a lot of the people, a lot of the. Um, Complaints about it wouldn't be so vociferous if it were a, a T20 competition rather than a, a than a brand new format of cricket. I think I think that's that that's fair, and I think it's something that England, whether it was a, a revamped and 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 better marketed and better better promoted blast or, or a franchise T20 tournament, England probably did need a a T20 tournament that can, if not pushing the IPL, then at least stand with the CPL and the PSL and the Big Bash. I, th- I think that is that is that is probably the case with the concentration of talent and the concentration of resources and the and the the proper dedicated marketing. There are some laudable aims that the 100 has. Whether it's the best way to achieve them, I have my doubts. Uh, and we've seen uh, Izzy Westbury wrote a fantastic piece in The Telegraph yesterday talking about uh, the fact that th- this hasn't yet been the springboard for, for women's cricketers that it should have been. There are a lot of women cricketers in there. There are a lot of cricketers in there who are still part-time and are not being adequately compensated for taking their time off work which is something that the and then we hear that they try to essentially pay the pay the australian players meg lanning and elise perry and so forth extra to to stay so there, there are a lot of these issues around the edges and there are a lot of issues with the implementation and i think the way that it's divided the the, the cricket fan base is a real shame um and it needn't have happened that way you put enough good cricketers in a in, a, in on the field at the same time and they're going to produce some good cricket that that's not really in doubt, and it'll be better, obviously, once COVID has 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 allowed the um, the the really top players to stop having to choose quite so much between uh, between different types of cricket. I did an eleven of the players who've pulled out, and the middle order is Glenn Maxwell, Kyron Pollard, Andre Russell, which that's, that's is not, not bad, which is pretty frightening when you think about it. Aaron Finch couldn't get into the eleven. Put um, it but that way, there are some significant concerns, but I I am not. I don't necessarily think that it that it suddenly spells the the death knell for multi format and first class cricket. the best players, the most ambitious players, are always going to want to succeed across formats, and they will find a way of doing it. And those who find themselves having to specialise will become better at their their, their specialisations. It may even be better for an opening batter who has a slightly limited game to concentrate more on 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 red ball cricket and be, and become a specialist. You look at the current England team. Roy burns and dom sibley play some limited overs cricket but not that much they don't have serious ambitions to play uh to play for for england hasipa mead who, who Stephen you'll know know well has played some some white ball cricket but is not a serious contender to play for england and white ball cricket has got back into the into the side based on or into the squad rather based on based on championship runs this season for for knots and they all play in a very specific way the what you might see is is more divergence in the formats and more divergence in the demands of the formats. But the best players are always going to want to succeed in every format possible, and they'll they'll do the the work and find a way.
2: I set up a, a Pose of the hundred, which uh, two or three years ago, whenever it was handed that on to somebody else now because I, I kind of got bored of just being negative all the time about cricket and it, I just felt like I was just all the time just picking holes in it but I am very concerned about the the new competition. As Nackel says, you put the best players on the pitch, I'm sure I'll watch some of the games and it'll be entertaining stuff. It's It feels like DCB have taken cricket, stuck it all on red, spun the wheel, and let's see where we take it now. And the the, the financial implications of that on on how much has been spent on this is is, is quite drastic. To me, it's a bit of a, a lose-lose because you get a, a, an all-flourishing, the 100 competition. Ultimately, that ends up being the cherry on top of the cake and the county cricket goes down a notch because of that. If this 100 fails, you've basically, yeah you know, the wheel's spun and it's come up on black and you've lost a lot of money off it. And that, that, I, that I, get, I do, I do think the
0: fact that it is too big to fail, seemingly at this point, and I think a lot of that, to be fair, has to do with COVID, which was less foreseeable.
2: Yeah, the only thing with that knuckle is I, I went to, when I used to work for Yorkshire, I went to ECB meetings and they used to make a big thing at the ECB that they had a war chest. They had these reserves that basically, you know, if a, if, a, if a tour was called off, if there was a war, if there was... I mean, they never mentioned the word pandemic, but that would have been part of the same thing, that there was this money in reserve that was at the ECB HQ to kind of get cricket out of rainy days. But we've had torrential rain, haven't we, over the last 18 months, um, and they've spent all of that money on marketing the 100, and that, to me, was a little bit reckless.
0: Again, I'm 50-50 on that. I think you should promote New i I... I would like to see this level of marketing and enthusiastic marketing about all cricket. Exactly. I think I think that, that just because you've done the wrong thing previously doesn't mean you have to keep doing the wrong thing. And uh, a, lot,
2: a lot of the stuff, that, I mean, I, I read Ebony's piece and a lot of the stuff about your know, inclusivity and all of that kind of stuff. Get cricket, county cricket, encourage that to be inclusive as well. It doesn't have to be a new competition that makes things inclusive. Mark's waving his thumb up. T- tell
4: me what you think. You've been marking out your long run, I can see it. <laughs> Not really. I think the 100 is going to be... I've got my doubts about it. I think just picking up on a couple of knuckles points. Participation rates. I very much doubt that the hundred is going to increase participation rates. Generally speaking, um, I think what James was saying there about the role of county clubs and their importance in getting in engaging with communities is far more important. You know, I take our club Lancashire. Um, we've got lots of players that come through league cricket that go to state schools. Most of our players have been to state schools. We have, we have very few privately educated. Cricketers and our staff. You know the players like Stephen are all affiliated to a club. Uh, Keaton Jennings, for example, is affiliated to my club, Haywood We do. We've got a great kind of network in in terms of scouting and training and coaching. And I think that grassroots level is far more important than a competition. You know, as I said before in a previous podcast. You know, I work in education with kind of people from 16 to. 50-year-olds, really. I've got a whole range of people. But when I asked 16- to 18-year-olds about whether the 100 is going to make them play cricket, they they don't even know what it is. So I'm not really sure about that. And just the second point as well. you know, Knackle talks about players will always find a way, and that's true to a large degree. But if you look statistically, there are less and less of those players, and those players that are finding a way, as Stephen said, like Josh Butler, came through initially on red ball cricket to a large degree. Now, if you look at the stats, we have it, we're have we having a polarisation of specialists in red and white ball, and I think that eventually it will become far more stark, and that's dangerous for the game, I think.
2: Let's move on from the 100. I, want, I don't want this to be a podcast all about the 100. we got Stephen Croft on, for goodness sake. We need to ask him some questions. And uh, Crofty, the uh, guest last week was Roman Walker, Glamorgan bowler, and his task at the end of that was to leave you with a couple of questions, which he did. Uh, and the first one of those was, if you could have three wishes, what would they be? And they could be cricket wishes. They could be life in general. It could be the genie out of the lamp, and he's given you three wishes. How are you going to use them?
3: Well, let's let's keep it cricket themed. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to sort of play all year round uh, in this in this country. I think I think obviously a lot of the problems come with squeezing everything in multi-formats, and yes, yeah, not ideal playing when it's when it's frosty in the mornings and stuff like that. So it, it'd be nice to play in a in a nice climate all year round. I know some of the younger lads go away and chase the sun in the winter, but yeah, as cricket is, uh, be nice sort of play all year round. Uh, yeah, the indoor centre can get pretty grim, uh, especially when you've done it for nearly 20 years. So yeah, I think playing all year round would be very nice. So, uh, so your,
2: your wish number one is for the sunshine to be around in January and December as well?
3: Yeah, yeah so, we, so we can get out of that indoor school and, and get me out of running, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, cricket would be nice all year round. That's one wish. What, what are your other two wishes? <laughs> you stuck it on me there. Uh, things in general, I, I like to, I like to see people being happy and, and, and trying, and, and that's not just a cricket thing, but trying and take in the positive route, whether it be cricket or life, really, where... Try and help someone out. So yeah, I think if, if we got to to a place where most people could be happy or or hit a common ground with 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 most people, I know it's we cricket fans. It's probably probably hard. Yeah, it's, it's to see people smiles on, on on faces is is always nice uh, to see people positive. And I, I think another wish would I think if if this COVID thing went away, I think we all realise how say precious life was. But we would hopefully see in the back end of it now and and how lucky we were before all this pandemic and not walking around with masks on and and, and things like that having a panic attack if you got your keys wallet and mask but yeah i think to how life was before this pandemic i think it's obviously been tough for quite a few people uh well a lot of people really and how sort of fragile life can be and and, and yeah to get back to, to where we were so and like so hopefully we're, we're getting we're getting on that sort of straight and now it might take a bit of a while but, but yeah sort of how things were I think we we all take it for granted a, a little.
2: The other question that Roman left for you was: uh, if you could change one thing about cricket, what would what would you change?
3: Longer tea time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too fair, I, I love the game and, and how it is. To be fair, I think county cricket is or is, well, has has been great over since the time I've, I've been involved. Produce a lot of good cricketers. So uh, I think going back to that hundred subject, I think get to get that exposure in, in all comps really. Uh, the count championship, the one day as T20s, and the hundred to to promote our game as as a as a whole, really, not just just the hundred. About to start a, the the one day comp this uh, for this this year today, actually with a friendly, and to be fair, not heard much about around it really, and it's probably the first comp we've played since or the first one day cup we have played since the since our World Cup win, really. So yeah, to to, to get that exposure on all for formats really uh I think you growing up you'll you'll get the odd one who, who really specialize in one or the other, but yeah to put all our energy in the game as a whole uh, would be great. We saw the impacts of the Astros 05 and the World Cup win in, in two thousand and nineteen how good that was for the game and yeah to, I think to, to put that on, on cricket as a whole would be great Michael I know
2: you've got some uh, questions for for Stephen croft again okay, moving to, to to red Bull cricket um there's a
0: county select uh, Eleven, that's playing a tour game uh, up in, in, in India uh, against India, rather up in Durham. I noticed um, there's a, a young academy player from from Lancashire, Tom Aspinwall, who's going to be playing in that game, potentially making his first class uh, first class debut against against a nearly full strength India uh, team. What can you tell us about about Tom?
3: Yeah, he's he's a great talent, Tom. And uh, to be fair, it does remind me of a sort of younger self, really. Uh, as a, when I first started, I was a sort of all the scene bowling all-round have obviously changed a little bit but he yeah he's he's quite raw he's uh he's got a bit of pace about him uh and with the bat he's he lines up really well uh doing some work with him in the academy this winter uh, another another produce of the sort of Lancs academy and he's hopefully if he gets if he gets the nod he, I, I think he'll take it in his stride he's a He's a, he's a confident lad, he's a strong lad. Hits the ball hard, bowls ball, it hard, and I think he's a really good talent. So yeah, hopefully he gets an nod and we, and we can see him. He, he's, he's, I think this year's a, probably had his first exposure to second team cricket, and he's putting some good performance with bat and ball. So he's a really exciting prospect.
0: Oh, what A wonderful opportunity to make your your first class debut against against this against this, this India team. I'm sure he will have plenty of plenty of stories. First first class, which is for Pajara. Pujara.
3: He's one of those. He's you he probably would not know who who most of them are. To be fair, <laughs> he, he's sort of relaxed in that way. He cut his own hair in lockdown. Sort of that sort of character. But uh, but yeah, if he does get the nod, he'll he'll will try his heart out and uh, he'll, he'll 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 give it his all.
4: Mark, you got any questions for Stephen? Yeah, a couple of questions. The first one, the most important one, actually, Stephen. Are we going to emulate our famous um, famous kind of cousins across the? The other Old Trafford this season and win the treble, because we're well placed in the championship. Yeah, 2020 we're there, and uh, you know this one-day stuff we're there. And there's another reason that you and the lads need to take this seriously. Yeah, so I've had a bet on us of ten to one. I put hundred pounds on us at ten to one to win the championship at the start of the season. Hundred quid on us at eleven to one last week to win the one-day blast before we before we went through. I promised my daughter driving lessons. I promised my wife a new kitchen if we if this this comes in. So are you gonna are you gonna deliver the goods, mate, and win those two competitions?
3: Are you sure we won't? you want won't us to win with all those promises? <laughs> oh, I want you to.
4: I'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the doghouse if you don't. So.
3: Well, yeah, I think we're in we're in a great a, a great position. To, to be fair, like qualified for the blast and. In, in that division first division for the for the county championship, obviously it's, it's been rejigged, and we could win the quad as well. There's a Bob Willis as well up for grabs. Me, Dane, and and, and Tom Bailey was speaking last night. To be fair, to get halfway through the season and still be involved in in every comp is is where we want to be at as a club. Uh But yeah, it's getting to the crunch time now. Uh, every game does count. So so hopefully, yeah, we, we don't want to curse it, but yeah, to get any silverware. Is probably deemed to be a success. So yeah, we obviously want to win every game we can, really. But uh, we, we put ourselves in in the driving seat in, in all comps.
4: And just another related question, go so to going back to the cricket and what we're talking about about our players coming through, and you know, people like you know, Mahmood is a is a multi-format player. So is Parker, He's a multi-format player. And even Livingstone, when he came back in the side. Actually, we thought at the time the coaches thought it was going to be a better red ball player than white ball player because of his technique. Do you think the kind of, you know, the environment that we foster at the club in terms of our uh, coaching and also, you know, the the wickets we play on helps us to develop those better multi-format players? Because I've seen a lot of cricket over the last six years played on terrible wickets, like, for example, 2018 at Taunton when you got a 50 which was probably worth 150 when we got relegated. I mean that game was over in a day and a half and uneven bounce for the Seamers turning square it was a really poor wicket. So do you think the wickets and the kind of culture we produce at the club in terms of what we, our expectations are helping to produce those really high quality multi-format players?
3: Yeah definitely and and going back to sort of winter stuff we always we always prep as, as as red ball probably as our first and and, and priority really as as, as well as a staff I think we're all capable to switch to to white ball quite easy but, but like you said I think we're blessed in Old Trafford is is a, is a great facility and, and and generally the one of the best wickets in in the county uh, county scene really but but yeah you'd hope that when when counties prepare wickets and it's for the good of the game rather than a quick sort of get this win this week you want to play on the best wickets and and produce those those players that are, are gonna benefit for for the next sort of 10, 10, 15 years, really. You don't just want that sort of quick fix, gamble on a win. Uh, where I think Old Trafford we've set the set the present as it and wicket. Sometimes he might be a little docile if you get a bit of weather around, I suppose, but but that's the that's the sort of climate and uh, country we live in. But but yeah, you, you when you when you go around the ground sometimes you think, well, it's it's not a great wicketing. You want, to, you want to try and play on the best to emulate those wickets, you're going to get that, that next level up, really, because I feel county cricket is is such a... It is a great market, but also I think you're there to produce uh, good players to, to go on to England, which which like we spoke about, Lanks have done, and, and, and many other counties have done as well. You see, see the likes of Surrey as well, their sort of academy line from progression to academy, to first team, to England... And and no doubt about it, their, their facilities obviously uh, are great as well indoors and the net facilities, the wickets, the wickets they play on, uh, it's producing those quality players.
4: I saw you get your big breakthrough when you uh, hit that last hit that six against Leicestershire in the t- twenty twenty all those years ago. I was looking at pictures of your body then, not you know not, not your body then compared to now, and it's completely transformed. You know, you look like a middleweight boxer now. What, what, are you, what are you doing in your own time, Mark? You should start off the podcast, really. But So, you know, that kind of, I, you obviously worked on your kind of physique in the last 16 years because you look unrecognisable than, than 16 years ago.
3: I've all seen back then, so I had to sort of be a bit snappy, but, uh, but yeah, to be fair, the last yeah, 15, 15, 16 years, yeah, I do like my qualified personal trainer, done a bit of that and like, like working out and I don't know how long I, I've lasted as a seam. I've got, as you've probably saw even, I've got some, uh, some dodgy knees. So yeah, I think it probably helped me giving up team uh and and and, and turning to spin. But yeah, it, to be fair at length as well, we've got we've got great facilities, we've got the support staff and ice baths and got a swimming pool in the, underneath the changing room and our, our own gym. Uh we're quite lucky in that sense. We get we get looked after really well and it's all it's all on a plate for you, really, and it's up to you to to go in there and get your work done and, and we spoke about those, those three lengths lads they, they've they done sort of similar as well and and, and really looked after themselves and um, a bit heavier in other places as well probably <laughs> I don't want to be than, than 15 years ago but I suppose that's your stage
2: If Lancashire win all of these trophies I know where me and Knackle are coming there's going to be some beers on Mark I think if he's uh, got, a, got a rather increased bank balance if those <laughs> Chris,
0: and that, Chris and that new kitchen <laughs> uh, Stephen you yeah, I've had a, I had a long career and a good career and, and achieved a lot in the game. What, what one cricketing ambition uh, would you like to see fulfilled uh, between now and the end of your career?
3: To win another trophy. Obviously, I still want to. You, you want to play for England at the highest level, but I think that that's good, that, that, that ship sailed. To be honest, but uh, I don't think you can never say never. But but yeah, to win a major trophy uh, would would sort of top it off, really having having done the, the county championship and in, in the T20 with a, with a, a bunch of local lads uh on on both occasions and, and the squad feels like that at the minute as well i think having having a testimonial i think it was 2018 it was a good sort of sort of career check for me really having at that time think i've actually played quite a bit and and quite happy with what i've done and from then on, sort of took every game as it. It might be a last. It might be a last season. It might be a last game, and just go back to really enjoying that game. So, yeah, I've, I've not sort of looked too distant in the future, cricketing wise. But take every game as it comes. But to get a, another major trophy would, would, would be brilliant at, at, at this stage of my career. And obviously, with the with the lads, the way they're developing, would be a great. Great to get a trophy in in in, in their career as well.
0: Um, and beyond the end of your co- your career coaching
3: yeah hopefully uh, I've done uh, complete my level four now and been working with uh, our Academy for sort of last five or six winters as well so yeah so a, a transition into coaching is, is probably likely yeah lights is somewhere I, I know well and obviously been a second home for years but yeah if, even if it was a different environment it would be an eye up to see how, how other people do it but but yeah it's hopefully that's the route I'd, uh, I'd like to go down and hopefully succeed in but uh but yeah, I, I, I've had a great sort of journey, career. I uh, feel like I've got some good experiences through it and hopefully be nice to help some other lads along the way as well.
2: Final question from me before we let you go and enjoy your cricket today, at uh, said Brett. The uh, Roses rivalry, I mean, i firmly in the, in the Yorkshire side of things. Yourself and Mark are on the other side, but I, I kind of get the impression having worked at the club at Yorkshire and stuff like that, that there is that rivalry and people kind of big it up, but... Generally speaking, there's quite a good relationship between the Yorkshire and Lancashire off the pitch as well.
3: Yeah, I think there is. We're obviously we're similar, uh, obviously Northern lads. Yeah, I think we, we we get on. We get on quite well, really. Obviously, the, the T20 stuff is, is is it's hard to You go to the Headingley field, and you don't want to feel in front of the Western Terrace. To be fair, and probably they, they get the same uh, when they come to us. But well, yeah, they, they seem they seem similar to to us. Hard. A bunch of hard working sort of northern lads we, we hit on a lot of common themes and yeah it, it there is obviously that historical rivalry there we, we seem to get on there's not not much hate there I, I would say it's it's i wouldn't say it's hyped up a bit but you, you never want to lose to yorkshire at anything to be fair but uh but yeah they seem a, a decent bunch a bit tight if anything but
2: on that note, we will finish this uh, podcast. (laughs) It's uh, been a pleasure to have you back on, um, Stephen. Good luck for the rest of the season. hope those ambitions that you outlined to Knackle all come true and uh, you have a a fantastic end of your career and the end of the season and uh, the transition into coaching goes uh, swimmingly and well for you. So uh, good luck with all of that.
3: Thanks, gents.
2: It's been a pleasure speaking to you all. And uh, Knackle and the Fan Badger, just a singular to date, Knackle and the Fan Badger. Mark, thank you very much. Uh, You enjoy your weeks ahead. We haven't got a... a, Usually, um, Stephen, we ask uh, the player to leave a question for the guest next week. I'm still working out who the guest next week's going to be, so... You get off scot-free in terms of that task. Thanks all for joining me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will have a podcast next week. We will have a guest next week. just don't quite know who that's going to be. But join me then. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.